<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Buffalo Plus podcast. Mike Catalana, Dan Fates, I am Jenna Cottrell. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. So we have a lot of fun here. We're talking about stuff that's a little bit unique on this channel. So we always love the feedback. If you want to rate as well, we always appreciate that. We're going to get into some of the players that have stood out so far at camp, as well as Jordan Poyer injury update, what Sean McDermott should do about those veterans in the starting lineup and the preseason. And also what we expect to see from preseason games as we get closer and what that could mean for Josh Allen and his snap count. So we're going to break it all down. Uh, I'm going to start first with Mike, just who is someone to you that's kind of popped this camp that maybe you weren't expecting? I think it's Isaiah McKenzie. Um, and I said it almost feels like he's a new player. Now, he's the same Isaiah. He still has a ball. He's still very popular, I think becoming even more popular. But I think he's got a little different mindset. I think he knows this is his chance. He's taken advantage of it. Uh, he looks great on the field. Again, it's practice. It's not the game's. But the way he's playing, the way he's part of the offense, looks like that Patriot game in Foxborough where he was an absolute force in that game. Josh Allen is looking for him, and he's responding, and he's been doing it every day. Dan, I don't think I can say he's had a bad day. He's had a Agreed. couple of drops. He's had a couple. Of, everybody's had a couple of drops. I don't think he's had a bad day. I think he's looked really good. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that his they're calling more plays where he's in – first or second read, which I think is very telling. I tweeted, I remember, I think the second or third day, I was like, Isaiah McKenzie is going to be a huge part of this offense. It, it, it's just the progression of Isaiah himself, along with the importance that that slot wide receiver brings to this offense and those intermediate routes, those short to intermediate routes. And McKenzie's got the shiftiness. Mike, you called it before the twitchiness. No other real wide receiver has that. Um, so yeah, he's to me, I, I agree. I, I think he's been the training camp MVP so far because I think he has made the most plays and has hasn't had, like you said, that that off day. Yeah. I, I think he's someone that continues to kind of catch your attention for sure. One guy who has caught my attention quite a bit and He's not a player, actually, but it's just Chad Hall, the Bills wide receiver coach, because I feel like the enthusiasm, like that guy loves him some football. But to see the development of the receivers throughout his time in Buffalo has been pretty intriguing to watch and to see the players that have kind of, I mean, Gabe Davis was a later round draft pick. It wasn't like he was a first or second round guy. And Isaiah McKenzie, again, a guy who's been in this Bills offense, this will be his fifth season. Um, that is someone who I feel like has really worked so well, Mike, with getting kind of the best. I mean, he obviously has Stefan Diggs and go, those guys all have a bunch of talent, but I feel like he's just someone that I didn't expect to really get a huge impression from, but he's someone who to me is kind of just stood out in, in the way he interacts with the guys. I'm wondering 
I know we're, we're getting sidetracked just a little bit here, but I love the Chad Hall conversation because wide receivers have been an important focus of camp. Yeah. I wonder if he's a guy that's goal, and we got, we should ask him, if his goal is to be a head coach. And if you would have said that five years ago, ten years ago, no way he's on the trajectory. He's an offensive, you know, he's a, a position coach. He's a wide receivers coach. He's not a coordinator. And I'm not saying he go from wide receivers coach to head coach. But he knows the game. I wonder if he can transition to a play-calling role. Like, at what point does this guy who played in the league, his highly respected by the players around him. Andy Reid loves him, right, because he played for Andy, uh, and he's and he's with the Bills and has had this success. I, I wonder if that ends up happening for a guy like that. But you're right, Jenna. You watch the guy. The players respond to him. And he's got some different personalities in that yeah. room. And they do. And, you know, I, I'm not saying – maybe he doesn't – you know, I have no idea what his actual thought is, but – you wonder if that's the kind of guy that all of a sudden in the 2022 NFL that teams start to put on their radar because of what he's done, in particular with a guy like McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, M- McKenzie and Davis, I think, will be his test. You yeah. know, if if this wide receiving core, which I've said, you know, isn't as strong as it has been in years past, doesn't miss a beat, it'll be a testament to Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey, but it'll also be a big testament that he has gotten – you know, Gabe Davis to rise to the level of a top 25 wide receiver will be a big feather in Chad Hall's cap. Dan, when you say this wide receiving core isn't as strong, is that because you're talking about like Cole Beasley going, being yeah. gone? Okay. Cause I'm yeah, thinking I mean, of other bills, wide receiving cores that Josh Allen has had. And well, that's pre, I know, but I, playoffs. Well, I'm talking about since Stefan Diggs has gotten here. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. But I feel like when you look at it in comparison, it's obviously a lot stronger. I think that's pre digs and post digs, Josh Allen. Okay. And you know what? The two guys we just talked about, what Dan just said, they're the key. Because if they progress as this team thinks and hopes they will, then this wide receiver group's going to be very good. Dynamic. But it's a big if because we haven't seen that. And we'll move right into Gabe as a second guy who's been impressive. But we haven't seen that week-to-week basis. And mm-hmm. I'll be the guy saying this because Dan gets a lot of grief for it, but Gabe has not been that guy on the field. Now, does he look like he can be that guy? Absolutely. He looks that way in camp. He's dedicated. He is coming off one of the great games in the history of the league. But there is a difference between being that guy in a game or in moments and being that guy every week. And I got to tell you, Stefan Diggs has evolved too. He is a much better football player with the Bills than he was with the Vikings. And he was really good in moments with the Vikings, but he had Thielen on the other side. And, you know, people would talk about what guy he was. And Josh Allen's obviously a better quarterback, but he's evolved to go from a, being a really good player to a superstar. Yeah. And yeah. Gabe can move from being a flash, really good, versatile player to an every game, every down where is 13 on the field for the defense and Isaiah from a gadget guy into being a regular contributor in the slot and other places. Yeah. Mike, it's, it's a perfect example. You know, we, I always try and we, we, we've always made the example when Josh was developing um, his golf analogies of how many bogeys, how many pars, how many birdies would Josh have on, you know, he kind of rated throws like that. And obviously the bogey plays have been far less. He's made birdies, Eagles, albatross is like like he has stepped up his game and when you talk about how like you progress 
and having your number called, it makes me think of like, it's always so interesting to me when somebody for a baseball team, they're like, oh, this guy's a great pinch hitter. Like he's a phenomenal pinch hitter. It's like, well, if he was such a great hitter, he would be in the starting lineup and would get four at bats. Instead, you are totally fine with him getting one at bat. So, so to build off of that, and it's, it's different. When you're coming in as a pinch hitter, yeah. it's a little bit like, if I do something, it's great. Like it, it's a cherry on top. Now you're going to be asked to be in the starting lineup and have quality at bats, quality games, night in and night out. So I think that again, part of that's Chad Hall, part of that's Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis's maturity. Y'all say Isaiah McKenzie has sounded more mature this year. I think I, he yeah. has matured in this offense. Um, so it, I think that's the next step that I look at as I'm comparing it to another sport. Yeah. yeah. I get that too. I feel like I've just always historically been team Gabe. And I feel like the bills have sometimes maybe moved him along and progressed him along slower. And he talked to you about patience and having to be patient and wanting to show what he can do. And maybe the bills have moved him along slower than what he wanted, but now he feels actually prepared to take on the responsibilities that will come with being the guy that's, you know, behind Stefan Diggs and look to be that number two guy. Yeah. I think he's always been prepared. And I think, you know, Dan made the point last year when they had Emmanuel Sanders and of course they would trust Sanders as a player and he did what they wanted as the veteran. Gabe is younger, you know, healthier and a lot of things that go with it, but there was that level maybe where they didn't, get Gabe there. And if he needed to, could he have handled it? And we saw what happened when he exploded in that last game. But I think he's he's certainly shown all the signs. And Dan, to your analogy about the pinch hitter, what's interesting about that is that's where I would put McKenzie. Because what you know what happens with a pinch hitter. If you got a young player that you expect to be a regular in baseball, he plays as a regular. He doesn't pinch Correct. hit. They put him right in the lineup as a regular. It, the pinch hitter is usually the guy that you know, sort of at the end, yeah, and he's th yeah. that guy. Or not Isaiah, gadget player. Yeah, kind of that. And Isaiah has to almost shed that level of gadget player. I think yep. what Gabe has to shed a little bit is, and it was a compliment to him, but he can play anywhere. Dayball used to say it all the time. Man, we line him up in the slot. We line him up here. It's great. Well, right now, he's on the outside, and he's the second guy with Davis. I mean, with um, Diggs. And it's those two. And that's like, okay. And I always say to fans who stick up, and they should, because he's great. Are you drafting him in fantasy football? And the reason I say that is, are you confident? Like, everybody's going to draft Diggs, right? Because you know he's yeah. going to get numbers. Davis is, you know, I say about some guys, numbers don't matter. Numbers do matter at wide receiver. Like, you got to catch the ball. you got to make plays. And I wonder if that confidence level for fans going week in, week out, I'm going to put his name in my lineup because I think I'm getting six and 74 on a regular basis out of Gabe Davis. I think he can do it. He's just got to show that he can do it week to week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that will be the next progression for him. Dan, is there another guy that's kind of popped for you that maybe it's not the usual suspects in terms of Josh and Von Miller and Diggs and players like that? Yeah, it's Ed Oliver to me on defense. Um, he has looked Aaron Donald-esque at training camp, and that's partly because Von Miller has talked about how much he loved playing with Aaron Donald and all of those things. And this is you know, a caveat, the fact of 
the Bills offensive line right now is a mess, but Josh or Aaron Donald has spent more time next to Josh Allen than most running backs have uh, in, in training camp. He has just been quick. He says he's having the most fun he's ever had. Um, minus wearing those guardian caps, he says, makes him feel like a, a bobblehead. And I could also listen to Ed Oliver say mm -hmm. Vaughn Miller a thousand <laughs> times a day. That now, I, I will Miller. say, uh, Dan, you, you misspoke just briefly. You said Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. has spent time next because the Bills uh. hope that Aaron Donald spends <laughs> no time yeah. next to Josh Allen in September. Yes. Uh, but yeah, and it's funny, uh, Jenna, I remember when he was drafted and the one flaw for Ed is his size, not yeah. flaw. It's the one noticeable thing. He's smaller than most guys. And what yeah. people would say is he's the same size as Aaron Donald. And then you say, but that's the exception, not the rule, right? There is not a lot of guys when you're that guy. I mean, Aaron Donald is, you know, an absurd yeah. player. Um, it's like being as thin as Kevin Durant and being that good. Not many guys can do that and yeah. survive and thrive at a position, right? There's certain guys, like he's like the skinniest guy, right? Whatever it would be. So Aaron Donald's that guy. But to your point, Ed has ability. Again, if he's even, if he's even close, I mean, Aaron Donald is an all-time great, but I think he has the ability to do similar things on the field yeah. and help Von Miller. And look, hey, Von Miller didn't have to sign with the Bills, and he he almost didn't from basically what he says, but he did mention Ed Oliver from the get-go, and I don't think if he had help, didn't have help, he didn't think he would – I don't think he would have been in Buffalo, and I think he thinks Ed can be that guy. Yeah, he definitely knew when he was making the decision. You're not just like, yeah, sure, I'll go to Buffalo. It's like, no, I can play and be successful alongside Ed Oliver as well. Yeah, once we got through like, the whole part of really the plane cool – yeah. Yeah, the plane landing and him considering maybe telling the Bills to, oh, I didn't mean it. I'll pay for the plane going back. Like when I see, when I see Von Miller at practice now, I mean, he looks happy as can be and all. And I'm thinking, yeah, it was hard for him to leave LA. It really was. But to Dan's point, I think he's enjoying having Ed Oliver next to him. He knows he's going to help him on the line. It is still somewhat wild to me that Von Miller is on the Bills. Like sometimes they're like, oh, Vaughn's coming out of the tunnel. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Vaughn Miller is on the Bills. That's a great like, point. This you're just like, wait. It's what? at number 40. It just throws you off a little bit. But yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's always surprising. All right. Well, speaking of uh, a veteran guy, I mean, it's we're in week two of training camp. There's obviously been some kind of scary injuries that have been thankfully less severe than what's in, originally intended or expected. Uh, you know, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer seems to be out for a couple weeks dealing with an elbow injury. Um, but Mike, I mean, it's gotta be so hard for Sean McDermott to manage what needs to get accomplished in the preseason and the risk that comes with having those, those veteran guys out there. How do you balance that? Yeah. I look, I wonder sometimes if coaches, general managers and all just in a certain part of their mind, they just have to accept it. This yeah. does happen, but they hope it doesn't. Right. Mm -hmm. And we just saw it with the two safeties and we were on the field for both of those things. And when Micah got hurt, it looked terrible. Yeah. And then he ended up feeling a little better, looked like, and then he went off and it seems to be minor. Jordan Poyer goes down. It's like, oh, okay. And then it got worse and worse before he got off the field. And then you hear a couple of weeks, I think huge sigh of relief 
from the organization. But to your point, does this change their thinking at all? I mean, these are two vital players to their defense, and you got to say, I say, I say less is more. I say you got yeah. certain amounts you got to do, and it's Agreed. true they can get hurt. But if he's on the field for thirty more practices and scrimmages and eleven on elevens and more snaps, well, it increases the chances something can happen. The goal yeah. is to be healthy, getting ready to go out and play the Rams in that first game, which is just the start of an 18-week odyssey to get to where you want to go in the playoffs. So, Dan, I would say less is more, yeah. and I think they got to be human. McDermott and Bean got to be human and think, oh, boy, we got away with a little bit here that could have been worse. We got to be smart. Diggs, Allen, Dawkins, Morse. I'm talking about all these guys. Yeah. You got to be smart and get them ready for that first game. Yeah, on the Poyer thing, I, I tweeted that this was not terrible, but not great news. And somebody's like, what are you talking about? This is great news. I think anytime somebody hyperextends their elbow, I wouldn't call it great news. I think a, a bruise would have been great news, but did they avoid disaster? Um, have they played with fire a little bit? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Micah Hyde bumping into digs during the interception lands on his hip. That seems to be okay. But, you know, Obviously, this is Poyer hyperextending his elbow, according to what Adam Schefter is reporting, um, that he's going to miss a few weeks, but is expected to be back by the start of the regular season, is not best-case scenario, but it's not worst-case scenario. But I think it is one of those reminders where, it's you know, you see these injuries, these torn ACLs, you know, and, and other training camps, as Jenna perks her, her head up. Like, this is, you, you, they make you shiver, but you're yeah. always like, yeah, but that's other teams training camps. Like that does that's that's not going to happen to us. And then all of a sudden, Poyer nearly collapses walking back to the training, you know, the locker room, and you're going, yeah. "Oh boy, like that's scary." Yeah, Dan, I'm gonna go. I, I'm I'm gonna slightly disagree with you. I think it's about it's really close to best case scenario with Poyer from what we saw. I thought it was going to end up being some sort of a fracture, something that could need surgery. Yeah. yeah. And then now you're saying two to three months as opposed to two to three weeks or worse. I think they are. And Jenna, again, you were right there in the tunnel when Poyer came off the field. Yeah. If you somebody was asking you in that moment, how hurt is this guy? I mean, yeah, like I said, debilitating. I yeah. mean, it went from being, hey, I'm a reporter here to like, hey, I'm a human being here and this person is really struggling. Yeah. And we like, don't see that. Dan, you saw it last year with Trey. You're on the field when yeah. Trey got hurt and you texted me and said, he's in tears. He knows he's hurt. And that might have been more huge disappointment than yeah. pain, pain. Yeah. Jenna, you saw acute pain uh, for Poyer. And I think the idea, if it is true, only a couple of weeks, yeah. I think that's a huge sigh of relief for them. Well, it just, it felt like a shocking amount of pain, even for him. Yeah. And like, him being a football player, there's the day-to-day -day pain. There's the, the, the big hits, all the things that go into it. So it was, it was startling to see that, but yeah, I mean, being out a couple weeks, obviously I'm sure Poyer would love to be back out in the field immediately, but I, I agree with Mike. Like it was a, it was a, a very scary feeling situation. And to have the result that we, the bills fans will have, it feels it yeah. feels like it is a, a better a sigh of relief. Yeah, sigh yes. relief. Sigh of relief. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like, let's be real. Like those injury, those risks, those are all very, those are real in this preseason. And like, 
the Bills have their scrimmage coming up. Then there's the preseason schedule that comes after that. And like we had the discussion off camera of uh, or off mic, Dan, Mike, and myself of like, what do the Bills do with Josh Allen in these preseason games? Because, I mean, how do you figure out the right way to go about it? Because Dan, you meant, I mean, Ken Dorsey is going to be calling plays for Allen in a, new, in a, in a game-like setting, and that's something we haven't seen. Yeah, it, it's we, we kind of disagreed, Jen and I, you know, off off mic, where I was saying twenty five snaps um, would seem sufficient for me. Um, it's not a completely new, you know, person. Uh, it is a new person in his ear, but it's somebody that I think has been in his ear before. Um, so I thought, you know, last year he played a half against Green Bay, lit it on fire. His cleats were literally melting. He was so hot. <laughs> um, and then they stunk the first like two weeks out of the, the thing, out of the, the the start. So 25 plays, three series would probably be plenty for me, uh, depending on how the series go. But no real rush for me to see any more than I need to as we're you know sitting here, unfortunately, talking about injuries and kind of dodging bullets. Yeah, I mean, there is the, the cross between or the, you know, the. Two things. One is that preparation part. I know they like to use preseason, especially even that first game, all the communication stuff, get that worked out. Some of that can include Josh Allen. He's also, honestly, during the whole game, he's going to be standing there on the sidelines with the helmet on, listening to the calls, just getting that part down, Not even when he's not on the field. Um, it's a balance. They did it last year. My guess is they'll do it again. My guess it'll be game two. Right. He won't play in the first game. He'll play game two. He won't play in the third game. Yeah. And it'll probably be that certain amount of snaps. Uh, but the whole time I remember that game, he drove him down, got the touchdown. And we're like, all right, you know, I'm texting that, you guys like he's going to take him out. Right. Josh that's is coming back. <laughs> that is why I feel like he's going to be. And that was with Dable. You know what I mean? A guy who he had a, a massive amount of familiarity with. That's why I feel like he'll be in longer than we expect. It's just because there are those new wrinkles that are coming with a new offensive coordinator. Right. I mean, look, Josh doesn't need to prove himself, obviously. But I feel like it's very much that plan is decided before the game, and no matter the results, they stick to that plan. That's always the impression I got. It's like, okay, Josh is going to play for you know three quarters of this game, and that's the plan they have, and that's what they do, and that's what they execute. Yeah, you know what kind of stuff they talk about, Dan? They talk about how we are coming out of the locker room, getting ourselves through the halftime and coming out on that first. That's the kind of stuff coaches talk about. And I'm like, okay, great. And I seriously, you're holding your breath. Yeah. Anything and, and, can happen. 17 games, anything can happen. Right. Those we're, are the we're, games. And That's we're not, not at the preseason. preseason game yet. But Jenna, to your point too, you know, you, you talk about I think Sean McDermott sets a plan. I disagree. I think Sean McDermott goes series by series, especially with how much will this Bills offensive line be healthy? Because if Bobby Hart is anywhere near Josh Allen on a football field, I would be holding my breath every snap. And I wouldn't play Josh, Josh Allen. I wouldn't but, either. Okay, so like that, you're going to have to play him at some point. We Why? don't know what what is going on around the rest of the Bills offensive line. On our other podcast on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel, it's got video. I've called it a disaster of an offensive line right now because there are so many guys injured. 
I would be holding my breath where Jenna says like, okay, there's three series or three okay, quarters. Yeah, that's but what you we're know Bobby for. Hart would be playing offensive line and then you would decide from there not to play Josh Allen. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're like, oh, Josh Allen's going to play. Oh, oh, we're going to have Bobby Hart. Like, no, if Bobby Hart's on the field, you're not putting Josh Allen behind him. I'm just saying, I feel like if the the second preseason game of the season, if you know Allen's going to play, you know the offensive line in front of him, I always feel like they have, this is our plan going in, and they stick to that plan. They might well, not have that be the case. You that did, is always the impression I have felt. Janet, that's what they did last year. I mean, it was like, boom, he does, yeah, was, does it well, again. I, does it I again. I texted you. Yeah, I texted you guys because Poyer was warming up next to me and was meeting one of the players from the Packers before the game and asked him how long he was playing, and Poyer goes a half. And I remember texting you guys going, the starters are going to play a half. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, we all kind of thought then, we all yeah. thought it was just. So, Jenna, I understand your point. I I'm not saying that it's not factual. I just don't know. I, I can just see Dion getting enough snaps. He's good. We're kind of shuffling guys in and being like, okay, then we're getting Josh out of there right now because he gets sacked twice. I think that changes your mentality and how you treat that game. He gets sacked once. It should change their mentality. It should change the mentality. Yeah. But I think if – then maybe it's not a full half. Maybe it's a quarter. But I think they have that plan. They have that number in their head. And Oh, you're right. Oh, he's got this all mapped out. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's had it. I don't think it's out. very Sean McDermott to go with the flow. <laughs> that being said, he's also yeah, a smart guy. To. Like he's adaptable as well. We've talked about that for McDermott. Yeah, and sometimes the results will dictate what. Yeah, will and I know Dan's right. We got a little time till the preseason, but if they would have not played Josh Allen at all in the preseason, everybody, probably including us, would have been saying. Man, that team needed a little time in the preseason to get ready for the regular year. It doesn't matter. Yep. Because they looked terrible in the Pittsburgh game. But he played lights out against the He played the Packers, lights and out. They still needed time. <laughs> yes. So we'll see. Preseason football is so stupid. It's stupid for the result. It's stupid yeah. for the starters, the guys you know are going to be playing. And I it's think they've all evolved. I, I think oh, it's real football. Oh, no, no, no. It's real football for. Other players, the reason yeah. we don't, because the result doesn't matter. What I would always say to people is it's still tackling, it's still catching, it's still hitting. Yes. They need all that. That's what the young guys who haven't been on the field need. It's not real football because there really isn't game planning. You're exactly. not working. It's more of knocking the rust off. The unfortunate thing is in the NFL, you knock the rust off while you're getting your head knocked off because it can happen or something else happening. So 100%. That's why but, you but, can't. That's why when they play the All Star game, like the Pro Bowl, it doesn't even resemble even a third of preseason football because yeah. they're like, I ain't getting hurt in this game. It might as well be flag football. Yeah. But um, to my point, Mike, yeah. and you kind of said it, is that the fact that there's no game planning, like none. The none. Packers weren't trying to take away anything of the Bills' offense, so they right. just sit base defenses. And that's it. And Josh well, Allen picks them apart. And then you go and play Pittsburgh, and they're like, here's what we're going to do. We're yes. taking his weight. Like, that's where it's not real football. I get it. There is still hitting, tackling. That is it's real. That is real. But the the mindset, the mentality is apples and oranges yeah. to week one. No doubt. Ooh, a little contentious on the Buffalo Plus audio-only version of the podcast. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe. We always love that. Uh, no, I mean, it, I think it, the conversations, though, are very real, Mike, because there are just a ton 
like we talk so much about this team and the expectations on them. And it's like, there are real consequences for things that can happen on on the training camp field. Right. And look at, look at the difference. Here's what we're talking about with the bills. We're concerned about the guy who's been with the team with Josh about his transitioning to that next step. And Mm -hmm. in new England, they're talking about a failed defensive coordinator or a clueless head coach in the, with the giants or the longtime defensive guru head coach being the guy in Mac Jones is here calling plays. I mean, yeah. Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. I wouldn't even let him in the same room as my quarterback. Or it's Belichick. This is what they're talking about there. And in Miami, they're getting, you know, the book thrown at them for trying to lose and then not doing a good enough job at that. And yeah. trying to st- How funny is it, Dan, that Brady and Belichick – ended up getting the Dolphins to lose a first-round draft pick. Yeah, that goes to show you that Brady and Belichick are always playing chess while we're all just playing checkers. <laughs> you I, don't it, actually believe that, do you? I like, don't actually. Okay, I was I say. don't actually believe that. Jenna asked me that the other day. And I, I said, heard, no. I, people Bill's tweeting about, like, Bill Belichick. Like, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to be – hold on. I am going to text the wrong people with the same first name right now and see what kind of mischief I can come up with. It's. I, I did find it uh, amusing the fact of you know the league says they tampered, they violated the integrity of the game, but they didn't. It was playfully joking about losing games. Like, oh, it was it was just it was like you know it's satire. Like the Dolphins talking about losing games, like they do that without trying. So like that <laughs> season, so like they weren't trying to. They that's just who the Dolphins were in 2019. Hey, um, I, I'm. And this is just pre. This is a lot of stuff that goes on. I will say, the great Vin Gull- Vin Scully passed away. Mm-hmm. Monumental career called the catch. You know, with the San Francisco 49ers against the Cowboys, called the Kirk Gibson home run. I wish, with with his career, Vin Scully, he could have called the Tua touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill oh, in a God. scrimmage, which has become an iconic moment in Miami Dolphins history replayed over and over again to prove to everybody that Tua is going to be a superstar this year for the Dolphins. Oh, I'm just going to let that hang there in the air for a second. (laughs) Just like the ball. Um, Yeah. The talk out of Dolphins camp with that play, it just seems excessive. They're very excited about it. Very they excited. Are very excited about it. And Mike, like, it's the preseason. It seems a little try hard, no? It is. Now look, I I if you know, we've had those circumstances in Buffalo when it was Trent Edwards or JP Lossman or EJ Man. Like, or could be Josh Allen, right? Even in the beginning with Josh, everybody's excited to hit a couple of those deep balls in a game. Even in practice, people would get excited. Uh, when he would make a play. Tua is a little different story. I mean, Tua has been around a few years, and it's training camp, and I get it. It's Tyreek Hill. But I'm saying is when we're comparing camps, we're so focused on the Bills camp, and then you pop on Twitter and you see this, like, what happened? Oh, he threw a deep ball, and the really fast guy beat the defensive back and got a touchdown. It was a nice throw. Yeah. It's training camp. So they got it done, and hey, who knows? Maybe Tua becomes that guy. You can sort of wish for it if you're a Dolphins fan. Let's see where he is. Let's see where he is when Dan and I are down there in September playing again yeah. Bills against the Dolphins. That, yeah, it just seems like a 
very optimistic. You're yeah. right. I mean, it's, but just the talk of it was like, okay, let's all yeah. relax a little bit. And Tyree Kill has sung the praises of Tua yeah. to the extent where I'm like, it seems so excessive to me. Yeah. Where it's like, it's, oh, yeah, he's one of the most accurate guys in the NFL. It's like, you were just coming from Patrick Mahomes. Like, he's got, it's like, he's got, it's like when you date someone new and you're like, oh my God, they're so incredible. Like, all this stuff where you're like, okay, like, yeah. Trying hard. I, it's uh, a little bit of the uh, Jarrett Stidham treatment. Like, look at us. <laughs> oh, wow. Look that's at us. Good, that's polish a up this turd yeah. and show you how good it is when we have no idea. Yeah. I mean, look, he, Tua is a bright guy and he's been successful at the college level and had moments in the NFL. And now with the weapons, you know, maybe he is much better. And they may be the team that pushes the Bills this year. We'll we'll see. I'm just pointing out that his training camp, and it wasn't just that it was a play, which was a nice play. It was defining. Like, there you go, everybody. He's good. Okay. Let's see yeah. in a real game. Let's I see love the happens. way you say that. Okay. Yeah. That's your, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Fine. Okay. Uh, all right. Fine. We'll wrap up this podcast. Um, we appreciate everyone for listening and joining us here on this platform. Like we said earlier, just please be sure to subscribe, tell your friends about it. Like I said, this podcast is a little bit different than our video version. So we, it's always interesting seeing where things go, uh, from the differences between them, but this is a unique one. So we always appreciate it. So please be sure to like comment rate us as well. That always helps out us in the, in the long term. and subscribe. We appreciate it. So for Mike and Dan, I am Jenna. We will see you next time here or we'll, you'll hear us next time here on the Buffalo plus audio podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on auto trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.